Hi, my name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. We are going to have so much fun together. I hope that our conversations about pleasure light you up. And I hope they inspire you to reclaim your desires and create more space in your day to bring pleasure into your work, your family life, and yes, even your sex life. We will practice and explore the art of pleasure together. Let's play. Hello, everybody. This is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. And today's guest is a fantastic, phenomenal woman and a dear friend. Livy Bunton is here today. Woo! <laughs> I hope that some of you will be able to watch this uh, podcast as well as listen because um, Libby is hot. <laughs> Libby is fire and she's glowy all the time. I see her. She just inspires me, which leads me to my opening, which is a diary entry. I have never read a diary or journal entry Ooh, on this show juicy. before. It's totally juicy. And so this is scary. I like haven't been scared to do an interview yet on this podcast, but I'm like, Oh, shit. But my mission is to speak radical truths and inspire women to do the same. So, of course, I shall as well. So you won't know this, perhaps, but in um, what was it? I guess September 2019, you invited me to go purse shopping. We were going to meet up, but we ended up going purse shopping. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you realize how impactful that day was on so many levels. One... I was wearing shorts for the first time because of you, because mm -hmm. you posted this fabulous picture on the internet where you were basically wearing lingerie in the street. And I was like, I am so shameful of my body. I don't, I'm not liberated at all. It just reflected back to me, all of my body shame and how much I desired, like I took the jealousy and the envy of that, of looking at you in that photo. And I realized that it was my desire to have like a fraction of that liberation and reclamation. And so when I met you, I like terrified, I put on shorts and you didn't know that I was scared, but you're like, look at you and your shorts. And we're like, ah. So anyhow, we go shopping and then you start buying purses. And I've never been in that coach. Was it mm -hmm. It's like a fancy yeah. store? Okay. I have like consignment stores and then everything else is fancy stores. We went in a fancy fuck store and you were looking at purses and I didn't even know, cause I don't have a purse. I didn't even know purses look like that or cost that much. It was like mm -hmm. this alien experience. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about buying things for your pleasure and for your desire. And then you started saying things like, Cause I'm worth it. And I'm like, what is, what am I missing? What is going on? So I go home and I read right in my diary, my new friend, Libby, I feel like an eight year old. 
My new friend Libby inspired me to unapologetically wear shorts today. It was terrifying. I thought I would feel embarrassed, judged. I wonder what people will think. Like, why is she wearing those? That's not flattering. And the story I tell myself is that I'm not enough, not worthy of showing skin, not worthy of showing off, not worthy of living large or even being a fitness trainer. Like, who am I to be a fitness trainer if I'm not even ripped? I want to let that shit go. I want to let go of the fear and the negative self-talk. I want to fire my inner bitch. I walk around (laughs) thinking I'm not worthy of nice cars, nice houses, expensive clothes. I don't even have a purse. I went on and on and on. And, and then I, and then at the end of a very long entry, I said, okay, I have lack mentality. These are all words. I didn't even know what they meant until I met you. I have lack mentality and this shit is going to have to change. This is also the first time I probably swore in my diary. Thanks to you. I think I have a book in me and maybe I'm even going to be a rock star one day. And then something like the next week, something like the next week I signed up. So it's all your fault. All your fault. (laughs) And then everything just snowballed from there. Um, So yes to all of that liberation and freedom. And thank you for bringing me on that journey and it was, and I know you were just doing what you do. So it probably didn't seem extraordinary, but for me, it was a life-changing day. So mm. thank you. Thank you, Libby. Thank oh you. Oh my God. <laughs> Pasha, I have like to- total chills. That really super turns me on. And I just want to like receive that it had that impact. I just want to receive that for a second and marinate in it because it's so wild. I love this idea. Like what's coming up to me right now is this idea of the impact of one person's self-approval. Yes. And this, we're kind of passing this torch of self-approval to each other. And also I remember how fucking hot you looked. I was like, shit, why is she not showing those gams off more? Like what is going on here? And um, I remember we had like a really juicy conversation in the car when I was dropping you off. And uh, I remember when you decided to do Rockstar Camp and how much joy it brought me to watch you approve of that decision. So I'm just totally honored to be here. And I love talking to amazing women about stuff like this and you in particular. So I'm just, I'm pumped to be here. Well, yay, that sets the context for what's to come because we have so many juicy things to talk about. By the way, (laughs) forgot to mention, (laughs) Libby, (laughs) little things like, I don't know, your bio, is a brilliant feminine leader, a phenomenal coach, and a regional vice president with Arbonne. She's also, just like me, a previous therapist. We have so many similarities, Mm -hmm. which actually, when I thought about today preparing for this, I was like, we have so many similarities from being a therapist to past trauma, to mm. deep grief um, and body shame. And I'm like, I am way late to the game and have so much catching up to do. Um, and so I can't wait for you to be able to tell your story. Mm. So first of all, <laughs> how do you define pleasure? Oh my God. I don't know if we have enough time. <laughs> But I'll I'll see where I can, like, what access point comes to me today. 
Well, I guess I'll put a little context before I answer the question is that if you had asked me that question a couple of years ago, I would have had no fucking access point Mm -hmm. because I was drowning in pain. I didn't, a pleasure wasn't even in the vocabulary. I was uh, just pretending and and the really crazy thing is nobody would have known it. Mm-hmm. So to be on a podcast about pleasure and have that be the question just two short years later is mind blowing. So one of the things I guess that's most important for me to share about how I define pleasure is not just what it means, but that it's not something that's just external of us. We are taught in this culture, at least where I grew up, I don't know about everyone who's listening, but specifically as women, that pleasure is activated only from outside and that we can't activate it inside. And the thing is, is without our internal activators or, Mm -hmm. you know, system, there is no pleasure. Yes. There is no pleasure without us. Um, So that's a little bit about what I think about pleasure, but also pleasure is uh, freedom. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's a great answer. Yes. Yes. So many people have assumed because I call it, let pleasure be the measure that we're talking about sex and sexuality. And I've heard you Mm -hmm. say in your work that you started to bring flirtiness and sensuality into your work, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're bringing sex or sexuality into your work. How do you, how do you define that? Well, um, yeah, I mean, sex too, (laughs) self-pleasure too. (laughs) Of course, we don't want to leave that out of the mix. Um, but yeah, using the power of the pleasure that lives within us to, to shine, Mm -hmm. you know, like why did we think it's off the table to flirt in business? Mm. I do um, enrollment calls for another program, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. I interview people who are looking at a program outside of my business. It's something that I'm, I'm like the biggest fan of. It's why I'm, you and I are even having this conversation. Yep. Um, but I have those conversations and, um, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. What was the You were saying that you flirt with people on your calls. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's like blind dating. I like love the flirtation of sales and the back and forth. And we don't allow ourselves because we're programmed not to, we don't allow ourselves to flirt in business. We don't allow ourselves to be playful or make mistakes. Like I just did, you know, that would be perceived, perceived as like, Oh God, no, like turn it off. We got to start over. Edit, edit. Exactly. In my past. And, um, we get to bring that. And also there is power in a woman's ownership of her sexuality. Like my sexual radiance can Mm -hmm. transcend into my, how I do business. It doesn't mean I'm going and having sex with my business partners, but what it means is I get to be in my sexual energy, even when I'm speaking on a podcast. Yes. You know, absolutely. And, and maybe for you, maybe the, the sexuality and sensuality uh, was already there. And then you brought it into your business. And strangely enough for me, I had to step into my, my power and confidence and like actually write the book, actually launch the podcast, actually finish rockstar camp before I felt like I could embrace the sensuality and sexuality. So it's so interesting, but there's absolutely intertwined. Oh yeah, absolutely. And 
You know, when I was younger, to point back to what you just said, when I was younger, there was a period of my life where I was super uh, outgoing with my sexuality, I guess. Um, and then I started to dismantle my confidence mm. around it. Mm. And that was part of what was killing me too. When I found some of this work that you and I have been doing together a couple of years ago, and I had so much shame around it and it was debilitating. And I actually remember my mom passed away, you know, five or six years ago, but I remember when I was younger struggling with the impact of my sensuousness, because it was something that just was there. And I remember my mom saying to me, you're a very sensual person. And mm -hmm. this is something that you will learn to be comfortable with. Nice. So wonderful yeah. that she gave you that gift and message. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, and you give that so readily and freely <laughs> just before this call. I was literally like sitting here preparing, researching Libby in a turtleneck and black <laughs> pants. And, um, and then you posted something on Instagram, like getting ready for a pleasure podcast. And I'm like, that looks like fun. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. That's, that's my pleasure podcast. Yeah. Wait, if my guest is showing up, you know, in her sexy sensualness and what am I doing? Like, why am I in my body? Not yours. Oh my God. Yeah. She's got the, this is why I videotape because you have to go to YouTube y'all to see that. And in your honor, Libby, like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, there, there's nippleage here. There's no bra. There's no. Oh yes. 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 I'm going yes. to sell this podcast sooner or later. And so, so please subscribe to my podcast. Please review. Like, <laughs> please subscribe, share, and review. I, the nippleage doesn't actually show up in this dress. So no, unfortunately I can't see it. Ah, but but it's but we've learned through our work with Megan Joe, who we'll talk to about in just a moment, that gosh, I used to think that was anything from uh, reckless to dangerous to dirty to naughty to immature. I could go on. It, it certainly wasn't going to be for like a menopausal woman of fifty who feels saggy and is parenting a sick kid. I'm like, I'm not going to go into my. I'm not going to take my underwear off. Thank you very much. Y'all can spread your pussy juice on the stage, whatever you're doing. I'm going to call home and be, you know, respectful and mature. And then I'm looking, I'm like, why can't I do that? Let me in. Let me in. Why is not working? And I hadn't reached I had, even though I totally thought I had reached rock bottom, I really hadn't. I hadn't fully mm. reached rock bottom. Mm -hmm. so the breakdown hadn't ended and the breakthrough hadn't fully started even after the performance. So, so we're talking about Megan Joe Wilson's rock star camp. And it's like you said in the beginning, Libby, it's like hard to imagine not honoring her and her work um, because mm. she's so much, she's so much a part of, she's in my head. She's in my body and she's in my work and she's probably in my sexuality too. I told her she's, she made me buy. Okay. So, yeah. so good. This is why I need an editing team. <laughs> or not. Oh geez. Okay. Rockstar camp. How mm. did you find it? And thank you for bringing me to it. Oh my God. Thank you for coming with me to it and crossing the threshold with me. 
So Rockstar Camp, I, well, first of all, I was a secret fangirl of Megan Joe's singing for a long time. And every time I would see her, I would be like, who is this mysterious goddess? And she was in a band with one of my good friends. And I was like, introduce me to that girl. Like, who is that? And she just kind of felt like, you know, it, we have all this friend crossover and it never, we never connected. It was so strange, but I would see her everywhere and feel so attracted to her. So that was going on for years. And I started following her on Instagram and I saw her publish her book, who the fuck am I to be a coach? The first one. And I was like, oh yes, I'll take that free book. And I wasn't working as a coach in the traditional sense. Uh, at that time, I was actually coaching in my Arbonne business, which is an enormous amount of what I do. So anyway, I started following that thread and I was like, that sounds interesting. Then I saw her start to promote rockstar camp. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I'm dying inside. Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm great. People come to me for their problems. Oh, you're so blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things that were taught to wear on the outside, I was wearing on the outside and on the inside, I was just expiring. It was hell. So I'm like army crawling through life. I see her advertise Rockstar Camp and I'm like, what the fuck? Like something just sparked inside of me. And I always wanted to be a performer when I was a child. And I started to shut that part of myself down when I got a little bit older as some life losses happened and trauma happened. So my voice, I started shutting down. I didn't want to be seen. I started intentionally gaining weight. I realize now mm. to disappear. Mm -hmm. So I see Rockstar Camp being advertised and I'm like, I got to check this this goddess out, like what is happening? So I messaged her on Instagram, didn't hear back for a little bit. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that, you know, it took me a minute to get back. What's up? Who are you? Let's talk. So we chatted and I just got it when she told me what she does. And I went to a showcase. And for those of you who don't know, the people who are in the coaching program for eight weeks when COVID isn't happening, um, there's an in-person retreat where you actually sing on stage. You probably heard on Pasha's other podcast. Mm -hmm. And I went and I watched these women cross this threshold mm -hmm. and I cried through the whole thing. I didn't know any of them. And I was like, somebody like hell fucking yes. Somebody show me the way you're showing the way. How did you get these women on stage like this? We fell in love on a date when we went on a date after that and she invited me to mama Gina went to mama Gina for a weekend cried for a week straight when I came home because I had so much hell like emotional hell living in my tissue that I never allowed myself to express mm -hmm. fell apart for a week was totally financially strapped and still spent the last chunk of money I had to do rockstar camp and I have to give a big shout out to my husband, Paul, yes. for not letting me talk myself out of it when we had other stuff to pay for. Not only that, but then after that Rockstar Camp, he went on to do Rockstar Camp and yeah. you're like, I still have work to do. <laughs> and then you did it again. Did and it now you're part, do you call it a team? Now you're part of Rockstar Camp. And yeah, I'm like a, her wing woman. <laughs> I'm like, okay. The opposite of jealousy is compersion. I'm supposed to just be happy for you because I love you. No. Well, jealousy, Mama Gina's theory yeah. on jealousy is that it's a super powerful compass. Yes, well, I, I agree. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want that. Yeah. yeah. 
Because Megan Joe outside of Rockstar Camp, she's hard to find and talk to. It's hard to pin that woman down for even a handshake. I know, so right? Like unapproachable. I, I like, yeah, I'm still scared of her. Oh, oh my but, God. Uh, but yeah, she's she's amazing, obviously. And Mama yeah. Gina, um, also just an inspiration and mm. a revolutionary uh, voice and feminine leadership and mm. reclamation and worthiness. And, uh, and you, you do amazing work uh, through Arbon and your coaching. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about why that lights you up so much? Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that is a theme throughout my whole life is I love cheering other women on. Mm-hmm. I love lifting other women up. And it was something that I never really acknowledged about myself until I, it was acknowledged by others to me so much that I started to believe them. And I remember actually the first time I did rockstar camp, Megan Joe was like cycling through on Facebook featuring the people who are going to be on stage. And she posted a picture of me and she was like, I looked everywhere for pictures of Libby by herself, but she is constantly celebrating other women and they're all pictures of of me and other women. So, uh, yeah, a huge part of what I do in Arbonne, of course, like I do, I have taught men how to do the business, but a huge part of what I do is talk to women about what they don't want any more of what they do want more of and how they can build a vessel in a community of sisterhood and support to create another way of earning and to also grow themselves through the process because in entrepreneurship, you won't, your, your pay will never outgrow you. Like Mm. it's always in proportion. So that's a huge part of what I do. And, um, when I was suffering in my Arbonne business, I was not celebrating myself at all for any of the small wins. So a huge part of what I've done has, is taken the things that I've learned from Mama Gina and Rockstar Camp and Megan Joe and so many other brilliant women like you and Monica and women in my community and brought that into the culture of my Arbon team now. So tons of celebration. I make people brag about themselves if they apologize needlessly. We do it. dance breaks and all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, I just, I love, I love lifting other women up in that vessel, but also there is nothing more satisfying to the the raised by a single mom in me person mm-hmm. than helping a woman make money. Night. Oh, to be independent and self-sufficient. Yeah. And to have more resources because yes. when there's more resources, there's more space to shine your gifts. Mm-hmm. And for someone, it might, that might mean enough for a car payment for someone else. It might be enough to create like mission work and everything in between. Yeah. So it's really amazing because it's a very flexible vessel for, you know, you can tailor it to each individual's dreams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so beautiful. And you, and you mentioned your, your mom and mm. the mother womb it, wound is mm. deep, right? Yeah. Um, and we share that as well. And I've heard you say this um, on another podcast. So um, I'm just curious if it's something that you would uh, allow us to reflect on for a moment. You said that you needed to lose her to get to where you are now. And that struck a deep, deep chord as I'm currently letting people go who do not accept my 
new reclamation of my own sexuality and in through the book. And so that process of letting go, which I know is necessary is also extremely painful. So I'm curious for to you, for you, what that meant to, that you had to let her go. Oh, there's so much in there, but, um, the thing is, is, uh, I was so enmeshed with my mother's story that I didn't realize that I actually legitimately thought I was living her life. It was, I, it was like having a pair of glasses on that were all foggy Mm. and through intense amounts of grief work and falling apart and breaking through and all the things in between, I realized I will never forget it. I was on a con on a call with a mentor of mine in Arbonne. And that's one of the things is like, it attracts so many different walks of life of women with amazing different skill sets and experience. And this woman has, has always mentored me through my business and she's just a, a dream Um, But she and I were having a conversation and I had this moment where I realized I am not my mother. And she's like, no, you're not your mother. And I was like, no, I mean, I'm like literally not her. It was Mm -hmm. almost like I was possessed by her, her story. And she had mental health stuff because of really significant trauma history. And she, uh, you know, was had alcoholism. I mean, I was so woven into it that it was like, peeling myself out of her context when I realized that. So it was wild. It was terrifying because I was like, if she's gone and I do this, what does that mean then? You know, like, am I separating myself from the relationship we had? Mm -hmm. And then I realized, no, I actually just get to be her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. This podcast is sponsored by Krista Hoppala, sexologist and consciousness guide. I am proud to say that Krista is my own personal sexologist, the woman I turn to when I need to refresh my own pleasure practices. I highly recommend her to my clients and friends. Her website is kristahoppala.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-H-A-A-P-A-L-A.com. Lots of A's, or as I say, lots of ahs. It's all pleasure with this woman. Check her out. And then in being her daughter, it allows you to have the ability to nurture and frankly, mother so many Mm. of your clients and friends. Um, And someday, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a a little. (laughs) Yes. yes. Are you practicing a lot? The goal. Are you practicing? Not ever as much as I'd like to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm insatiable. Ask Paul. I, I admire that about you. I love that. I love that. It's that you've always been so unapologetic about self-pleasure, solo sex, all the things. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's my, that's my next frontier. And I've been open about that. I'm still, Mm -hmm. I'm still working on it, but I'm wondering for you, because this isn't about me, thank God right now. what is like, what still scares the shit out of you? What's the next frontier for you? Oh God, Pasha. Of course you had to ask that. Um, well, I'm currently on the like 
precipice of terror in a couple things. Okay. Um, I, I still have a ton of shit about visibility. So like what I've learned through the work with Mama Gina and Megan Joe and being in the sisterhood with other amazing women um, is that I can go test and I won't die. Like I have a place to go back and say, okay, I did it. I feel like I'm going to die, but I didn't actually die. Um, so I'm always playing with that and weaving in pleasure with the terror, you know, okay. it's like the thing that keeps me going along. Yeah. Um, so I did just wrap a year of the grad program with Megan Joe, which feels like, you know, we were ready and it's like, it's grieving. We're grieving yeah. our weekly celebration and stuff like that. And I had this moment of, uh, I do have a huge goal in my Arbonne business, but I was like, I know myself enough that I need to be in a space where I am being called forth regularly, where I cannot hide um, or at least put myself in that space if I'm not in a group. So be careful what you pray for, because as soon as I said that, two things came into my sphere. Um, one is work in... Um, a program called from the, your mat to your memoir that Monica Rogers <laughs> that we both mm. know and love, um, invited me to, and she has this way of calling me forth. And she knows that I have a book or several volumes of books <laughs> inside of me and that it's like the ultimate terror to me. And I know you can relate and I can't yep. wait for your book signing. Um, so I resisted it at first. And then actually my naturopath and my husband were both like, we think the best thing they separately said for healing, like they reflected to me, this is, you know, this it's like when I signed up for rockstar camp, you know, that writing this thing is going to heal. The yes. other thing that I'm playing with right now is Jaya's erotic blueprint work. Have you heard of this? I have somebody yes. else mentioned it just the other day. Yes, I have. Yeah. So I just started, um, working, you know, playing around with that. We took the blueprint quiz and I did not realize that our sister goddess, Stephanie Redlener is a coach in the erotic blueprint model. And well, she's finishing her coaching. And so I brag that I'm starting to dig into some of that work. Now it's super exciting. And I have insane shit around my body, like insane amounts of shame, no empathy for myself, rattling constant reel of self you know, shit in my mind. Um, and I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm still putting myself in the process, you know? So those are the things that are currently terrifying me as far as leadership stuff goes. Yes. Beautiful and brave. And you have a soft place to land. Yeah. If it gets too scary. Mm -hmm. Um, and so with this erotic blueprint, can you share what it is that scares you most about it? Yes. Let me think about that because I think there's so much that scares me about it. So of course it's like, it's one of those things where I was like, yes, when I learned about what it was, you know, something in my body said, yes, my mind said, mm -hmm. that's bullshit. You don't need another thing. Blah, 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 all the things that mm -hmm. our minds do, but my body was a yes. So I, I have like a sexual trauma history. I also love pleasure and sex in that, you know, pleasure is defined by that. And I've had a lot of struggle with um, being understood in how I express myself sexually. Well, turns out I took the erotic blueprint quiz and 
the, the type that I have. And the thing I love about things like this is that there's no right or wrong. There's no better or worse or good or yeah. bad. It's like, it all belongs. Mm-hmm. And how can you learn to, you know, have more fun and play in the context of it. But I learned that my type is actually often really misunderstood um, and feeling like you don't, you, you don't get to fully express yourself. And because of that. And also I brag that it said that I'm the Jedi Knight of sexual types. So that hooked me. I was like, okay, Jedi Knight, I can do that. I've done Jedi Knight in other areas of my life. So it's, it's fun. And also, you know, scary because I have really, I have a history of checking out of my body when I'm having sex. Um, What's that? Dissociating or yeah dissociating my body knows what to do yeah you know um and i will literally just leave like my mind will take me somewhere else sometimes not always and you know of course being with a loving partner who i trust has done helped me with so much healing around that and we still misunderstand each other so much you know, we have so much sex stuff like <laughs> that we're working on. Mm-hmm. And so it scares me a little to be doing the work on my own and then bringing it back to him. So that's scary. But also I'm like deeply committed yes. to figuring it out. And yeah, you're relentless about keep, you keep diving back in no matter how scary it is. But I, I get what you mean that the terror is also the thrill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the living, living large playing out loud. I love all that. But you did bring up Paul, your husband. So you're expanding and growing and evolving and learning and unlearning and becoming a Jedi sex mas- master, whatever. And I mean, and like, all right now, I mean, I'm just curious because I feel like I'm expanding beyond my marriage at the moment in a lot of ways. Yeah. And is that dynamic? I find it so interesting and it must come up for you with the women that you coach in our mm-hmm. because they're expanding, possibly um, their incomes are for the first time above mm-hmm. their partners. And a, I'm talking about a traditional heteronormative mm-hmm. heterosexual relationship, of course. So I'm wondering what the dynamics are there for you, either for you or just on the whole, whichever you'd rather talk about. Well, I mean, I think my wheelhouse is definitely myself. So I back to me. It's interesting because I think I worry about it more than Paul does. And then I'm like, Hmm, so interesting that I'm projecting that onto him. You know? So I have, when I was in the grad program for Megan Joe's after rockstar camp, I came to one of the calls having a meltdown about my fear of outgrowing my partner. And turns out it's not a fear of his. I needed to go and unpack a lot. And what was uncovered is that he's going to leave me. That was my fear that I would be too much. Mm -hmm. You know, when I dig in, usually if I keep digging in the layer, 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 it's usually I'm too much. I will be left. I will be abandoned. And so when I, (laughs) to bring it back to like current circumstances, when I told him about the erotic blueprint, coaching, I was like, you know, this is going to have an impact on, on our, your life too. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, that is, that's what we do here. Like this, it's like the <laughs> Libby roller coaster. Like this is just what I signed up for. And so he's, you know, definitely a good sport. And I'm sure there are plenty of, you know, partners out there who wouldn't complain about their partner learning more about pleasure and sexuality. 
Uh, and you know, he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> I, do you struggle with COVID? I, because it's sometimes redundant mm-hmm. and we don't have our fun outlets. We can't hug on our friends. Mm-hmm. I would think somebody who's just a creative genius like you would be struggling with the boredom, even though you're not, you're so full and abundant with all of your activities. Does it still feel boring and like restless? Oh God. Yes. I've been like totally fallen into the trap of like doom scrolling on Instagram, you know, (laughs) like I call it like emotional cutting, you know, like you feel like shit. So you're going to go eat a frozen pizza, drink a bottle of the worst wine and watch Bridget Jones's diary. That is a place that I own like I own real estate there um but yeah it's boredom I don't know if it's boredom it's more avoidance Mm -hmm. and I and I get in a really dark place sometime and I actually have recently found out I have some like major thyroid issues going on Mm -hmm. which is super fun when you have lots of body shame Mm -hmm. um but I so I get really dark when I get dark Mm -hmm. and I the other day I was like gazing out the window long and they're like, God, it's so gorgeous out there. And then I was like, wait a second, those aren't prison bars. Like I can actually go out there, you know, <laughs> like what the hell am I doing? I'm locked in my house. <laughs> Let me out. It's like the dog's just like dying for me to take him out there. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say boredom, but more avoidance. Mm-hmm. I, I will say I'm bored AF with looking <laughs> at the walls in my house. Yes. Um, I do deeply love travel. I've traveled all over the world. It is like soul medicine. And I also love touching women, like hugging women, smelling women's hair, being around physically around women. I keep saying to Megan Joe, like when this is done, put me under a pile of women. Like that's all I want. it's just different. I love Paul. He's a great hugger, but yeah, no, it's not the same. I'm actually wondering if the last person who grabbed my butt was you. (laughs) 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 Well, considering I try to do it every time I see you, please, please. Yes. Yes. I had to get a mammogram for somebody (laughs) to pull me up. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, so you're stuck in your house. Stuck in my house. Yes. I know it's, it's hard. It's really, it's tricky. And, um, are you imagining that when, when the world opens up again and you can go out and hug on people and go to the theater and go to the concerts and all mm. the things you love, are you going to be even more wild? <laughs> I just am curious, like, what's that going to look like? Do you know? That is a really great, great question. And it's funny you should ask because I've actually thought about this. Okay. So two things, one with the erotic blueprint, I'm like, if I figure more of this out, like, Am I going to just implode with (laughs) corniness? I don't know. Yeah. Um, But I weirdly, like I have this ability to put on extroversion and I get myself psyched up for it. And I really get energized by being around the right people. And I, I get energized by being put on the spot. I get energized in that moment by being put on the spot. Then I need tons of recovery time usually. Um, but my concern, I guess that I've been tossing around is like, am I going to be terrified to be around people? Like, am I going to, because I'm one of those people. And I think a lot of people are this way 
prior to Rockstar Camp, one of the problems I was having is I was just hiding and isolating more and more and more, like pulling away more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And in this circumstance, it's like, we don't have a lot of choice around that. Mm -hmm. So what will the impact of that be? Now it could really go either way with me, Pasha, you know, this go either way too, Libby. (laughs) I mean, I did go out in the street in my underwear for the men's Rockstar Camp with good reason. I was a backup dancer, but, um, so who knows what's possible once they let me out of this thing. You're going to be a Bubba's <laughs> dancing naked. I don't know. Uh, not, or in a hazmat suit. Like, who knows? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride and it's going to be fun to see. I just, I, I wonder I actually, to, to your point about um, feeling stuck and needing to travel, it's gotten to the point where yesterday we took pictures, we're putting the house, our house on the market because I can't look at the same four walls all the time. Yeah. I love my house. Yeah. I'm moving a mile away to look at different walls. That's a sickness. Well, it's ADD, ADHD, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to call it creativity and a little restlessness. Variety. I need some variety, but yeah, we, we are, we have to create it. Right. Cause who knows how long we're going to be feeling this sense of, um, restriction. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Yes. COVID yes. <laughs> It seems that when crisis happens, people become more so and yeah. whatever that is, whatever more so is for that person. It yes. is so revealing. I mean, look at the wounds it's revealed for the world specifically this this country it's like yes. wow we do not know how to deal with pain and grief wow we do not know how to talk about hard things like and it's been really revealing on the individual level too so absolutely I mean, as monica says more to be revealed like who knows who knows what we're looking at 6 months from now exactly mm-hmm. and and we're so fortunate to have people like you who have already been through so much and been mm. resilient and, and persistent and, and did this, you did so much hard work prior to COVID that now you're able to hold space for mm. friends and clients and people who are maybe for the first time feeling their world turned upside down. So yeah. 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 Crisis is like Thanksgiving with family <laughs> for me. I'm well-trained. I'm actually worse when there's not a crisis going on. Not that I, I don't think I manifest them, but it's just like, really? Let's do another crisis. Oh, okay. Let's pile that on top. But then if I have a day where nothing goes wrong, I'm feeling quite uncomfortable in my skin that I'm supposed to just relax and enjoy life. Even though I'm doing this pleasure podcast, it's, it's hard. I'm doing it mainly because it's been such a struggle and, and so much a part of my healing. Um, and that I've seen it transform so many women, but it's hard to accept the pleasure if you're used to pain. Mm. Yeah. And I always love to say we teach best what we need most. Yes. It's like, we're, we always have to take the marching orders first, as Megan Joe says, like we follow the marching orders first and then we like grab the hand and bring the person along. Mm. Um, and it's the brilliance of women. This is what we do. We, we find a way and we're like, Hey, come this way. (laughs) And how are you different? I I've been, I've been curious about this, um, because I'm not mama Gina. I'm not Megan Joe. I, I, I'm not you like, and you're not all of them. And so 
how do you feel you're unique and set yourself apart in your work and your brilliance? Oh my gosh. Well, I am one of my spiritual gifts is connection. Mm-hmm. I just have the ability. It's kind of like what we were just saying. I have the ability to just drop right in with people and I see the, the untold story. I've said this before and I hear it. I've heard it enough over the course of my life that I really understand this is like a superpower. It was part of why I really struggled as a therapist because I was hearing so much of the painful story. And I was also watching the untold story, like a movie screen behind people. I could not turn it off. Mm-hmm. So to be doing that for my work all day and then to leave and have that also just be so present when I was being with the people who are in my personal relationships, it was just like killing me. Um, but it's, you know, I just have this ability to just drop right in with people. And I think to speak to what you said, what you reflected to me about when you, when you go to the depths of hell, and you can like dig your way out. It gives you the ability. People can feel when you understand mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a, like a logical experience. It's a physical experience when you know somebody understands. And I have been told enough, like I said, and I take ownership of it. Now I do have the ability to really be with people. Um, and it doesn't matter if I know them, I do calls with women all over the world. And we realize I actually had a woman in Africa just say to me the other day, she said, I thought this was this suffering of women not being able to speak up and tell their truth and be successful. I thought this was a, a women in Africa thing, but what I'm realizing is it's a woman thing. And we just had the most incredible conversation. So I'm just, I love connection and I'm good at connection. And I'm also one of those people who's really motivated by, um, helping people look at the discomfort and looking at my own discomfort to, to move into better circumstances. So like, you know, to reach the level I'm in in Arbonne, of course I wanted that outcome, but I had to actually tap into the things that were not working in my life that I I could, they were no longer negotiable to suffer with to the point where it would make me cry. And I said, I have a solution to this how dare I not do that? Mm-hmm. So I do have the, the ability to do that too. And I also laugh a lot and I have a really fucking good time. <laughs> wear a lot. You laugh a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, you've inspired, you've inspired me in so many ways, Libby. And, um, and you do, you hold space for people so beautifully mm-hmm. and, I see that, I don't know if it's called clairvoyance or a psychic ability, or if it's just a gift you have of being able to see the real story mm. beyond the mask and beyond the words. And so, so much so that like, beware if you <laughs> spend an hour with Libby on or off a call, like be really scared if you're with her in person, cause she'll feel your butt, but also she'll with, like- change. With consent, with consent. With consent, <laughs> with consent, but she'll change you. So yeah, warning, oh. warning. Um, but always for the better because, because you're really just reflecting back to us Mm. who we forgot we were and, and our birthright for being worthy of pleasure and joy and sexuality and power and all the things that we thought we weren't worthy of. Um, yes, I, 
adore you and respect you and honor you and miss you. I miss mm. hugging you. And I hope, to, I hope to see you in person soon. Um, but yeah, until then, thank you so much for coming and spending this time with us today, Libby. Thank you. It How was a deep pleasure of mine, of course. Thank you. you. And terrifying at the same time. I love it, but that's what you love. I remember you saying yes. you love interviews. I'm like, well, then I'm not going to prepare you because the reason why you love them is because they're organic and improvisational mm. and spontaneous and kind of scary. So and flirtatious, right. At, least right. when, at least when it's us. That's so not, I, don't, I can't even do cleavage sexy. That's not the way to do it. I, oh I like, my God. I'll have to learn. Um, okay. You'll have to teach me once you get through that erotic blueprint, oh, like yes. I'm going to go to you as a erotic consultant or whatever you're going to call mm, it. Mm, mm. And I don't know what's going to transpire. <laughs> oh my goodness. How can people find you if they want to reach out to you, Libby? Honestly, I love Instagram. I'm like an Instagram ho for show. <laughs> it's Libby loving life on Instagram is my, is my handle Libby.loving.life. Okay. Um, and I'm on Facebook as Libby Bunton Farrell. Those are my favorite things. I like, I actually really like social media because I can literally connect. I feel like, you know, websites can be valuable, but it's static and it's not the same. So, um, yeah, I have links to book calls for Megan Joe's program to talk to me about how I can serve people with Arbonne if that's something that they're looking to do. So yeah, those are the best places. Yes. So if you want to connect with Libby, flirt with Libby, be empowered by Libby, yeah, follow her. I'll put the links, of course, onto the show notes. And if anybody wants to continue the conversation with me, reach out to Pasha at PashaMarlo.com or the website PashaMarlo.com, the Facebook and Instagram and Clubhouse are also Pasha Marlo. And you can buy a book that I wrote called my next husband will be a lesbian because duh look at Libby right I'm not I'm no fool (laughs) oh my gosh I I adore uh coaching because I see the power in it and the magic that transpires Mm -hmm. because I've been coached by people Mm -hmm. as brilliant as as Libby and um that's why I am standing here today hosting a podcast. So thank you, Libby, for the, thank you, Libby, for the liberation. I'm sure you've used your name for liberation. Libby, the liberator. The liberator was my bowling name. I (laughs) I was hoping it'd be erotic name, but no Jedi. Thank you, Jedi master Libby. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) All right. Bye all. Love you, Libby. Me too.